Welcome to Getting Through It, where we're here to help you get through it. I'm John Bwery, and as always, I'm with the fully vaccinated Dr. Lucy Jones. Today's episode of Getting Through It is sponsored by individual listeners just like you. As a project of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society, it's here to serve you week after week. Would you consider sponsoring this podcast too for as little as $5 a month? It's simple. Just go to patreon.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And now let's get to it. There's a general sentiment that the pandemic is quickly moving behind us. Death and infection rates are down, and here in California even, we're headed towards a full reopening in mid-June. People that are fully vaccinated are given a lot more permission to do things. The confidence is up. With all this attention and momentum, Lucy, what is the data showing us? What is the science telling us about the pandemic today? 50 people a day are still dying from it in California which is much smaller than the 700 deaths per day that we were seeing at the peak earlier this year. But it is still at the level that we saw a year ago. Back in April of 2020, we were having the same death rate, and then it was terrifying us. People are continuing to die, and people are continuing to contract the disease, even if at a lower level. So as individuals, people that are not making decisions about this at the policy level, what should we be doing then? Yeah, the guidelines are getting pretty confusing. Public health tends to focus on making a list and rules to tell people what to do rather than a lot of explaining why they want to do it. But the reality is, is that every individual is making choices. It might be a choice to try to follow every public health rule, or it might be a choice to listen to my neighbor or read whatever on the internet, but there are choices being made. And I like to believe that Most people can think and will be analyzing information to make decisions. And I think we should be looking at the information you need to make a good decision. And I think the biggest component of that decision-making is understanding the risk factors. So could you explain what some of those risk factors are still today? The fundamental is still the same. You catch the disease by sharing air with somebody who has it. So all of the things we talk about of masks and the difference between indoors and outdoors and social distancing, all of that is controlling how much air you take in from what's being breathed out by other people. And then you have the factor of how many active cases are there in the community, because everything scales with that. If you have 100,000 people in your county that currently have the disease, you are much more likely to be exposed to it than if it were 1,000 people that have the disease. So active cases are really important. They feel different when they're going down rather than going up. So right now it feels a lot safer because it's less than it was. It's still, there's just an absolute risk proportional to the number of people who have it. The risk hasn't gone away. We're just managing it differently by implementing mask wearing and physical distancing, the same things we've talked about for the last year plus. The newest thing, though, is that we have now vaccines. People are vaccinated in large quantities in my community. What does that get you? If, you get, if you're fully vaccinated, right, that two-week period after you get your second shot, if you have a, a double-shot dose, what does it get you? It gets you an awful lot. I want to take a moment and just reflect on how amazing these vaccines are. This is one of the most successful vaccines we've ever seen in terms of the number 
of the degree of prevention that you get out of them. And whenever you get a vaccine, you're exposed to something that looks like the pathogen you're worried about. You develop some immunity. And if you get enough, it protects you from getting sick. That's the personal immunity. And the level of personal immunity on these vaccines is extraordinarily high, higher than most other vaccines around. There's also the question of, can you transmit it even though you yourself don't get sick? You know, you're exposed to that virus in your shared air. You don't get sick because you've got more immunity, but maybe it's still able to get into you and start doing a little bit of virus manufacturing and spread it to someone else. And there are vaccines that give you personal immunity, but don't protect against transmission. And that's called sterilizing immunity. And one of the reasons when we first got the vaccines, there was real hesitation to say, go ahead and take off your masks, is because we didn't know if we were getting sterilizing immunity from this vaccine. We didn't have time in these rapid testing to determine if that had come through. It is now looking like there is sterilizing immunity. And there's, that's one of the reasons they're moving towards saying you can have even more freedom as a vaccinated person. More freedom. But I think we need to remember that even with the best vaccines, some small percentage of people will go ahead and get it. They're discovering that certain medical conditions make you less likely to create sufficient antibodies and you're still more likely to get sick. Everybody's got some slight chance of getting sick and they call it breakthrough infections. If that's a few enough number, we will damp it out of the community. And then there's also a reduced virulence meaning that people who are vaccinated who still go ahead and get sick are much less likely to get really sick. We have, since the vaccines have started, what, what is it, 150 million people are vaccinated in the U.S. at this point. Of those, one person got COVID and that led to his death, but only one out of so many others. It's clearly greatly reduces the likelihood you're going to get sick and end up in the hospital. When this pandemic started, there was a lot of talk about herd immunity. I mean, you've talked about personal immunity and sterilizing immunity, but you didn't mention herd immunity. Remember, I remember Sweden said that they were going to just get everybody get the virus so they could reach herd immunity faster. And we all know that didn't work out too well. How does herd immunity play into the vaccines and the, the personal and sterilizing immunity you just discussed? When are we going to get to that level? Herd immunity isn't really a thing you get to quite. It's it's a process. When we think about the transmission, you've got some number of active cases. They go to infect some other people. If half the people they're interacting with can't catch it, that greatly reduces the number of people that proceed to get it and you can damp it out of a community. It's not easy for it to transmit. But it's not one number. It's a process. We are already seeing the impact of the vaccinations with how low the, the rate of infections have gotten compared to just a couple of months ago. And eventually we could get to the point where it's so difficult to transmit that it'll die out at least in some individual community. But as long as it's there in the world, you know, it's in a lot of places right now, it's going to be coming back again. I just find myself saying, don't worry too much about what level of herd immunity it is. As long as the numbers continue to go down, it says we're headed in the right direction. And we need to remember we're never going to get to the place where it can't be here. We need to learn that it's going to be part of our lives from here on out. You said it's going to come back again. I wonder, are we going to see what we saw last year or because of the level of immunities that we have developed and vaccinations, 
it will never be what we saw in January of 2021, for instance. I think we can say it's not going to get to that level. It is happening. It's just like January 2021 in the United States is what they're experiencing in India now, for instance. For us really to be controlling it, it has to be a global response to it. I doubt that the U.S. will ever get to the levels that we had last January, but we are almost certain to have a resurgence, especially when we go back inside next winter when people need to be confined again. Really, our best hope is that it'll have become less virulent, less deadly, and with enough vaccinations, it's harder to transmit. But we need to remember we are not eliminating this. I mean, we eliminated SARS-1, sort of the earlier version of this that came up in 2009, because we moved really fast and SARS-1 didn't have this hidden transmission. If you got it badly enough that you could transmit it to somebody else, you were sick. The whole thing of asymptomatic transmission that's been a huge issue for coronavirus and kept us from getting in control wasn't there back on SARS-1. With this coronavirus, it's too far out for us ever to eliminate it. It's always going to be in human society for the foreseeable future. So what should we worry about then as we look beyond COVID-19? If it's going to be part of our society, part of our way of life, like the flu or other diseases and viruses that we deal with, what should we be worrying about? Should we be worrying about getting it again once we've been vaccinated? Or is there something else? For this disease itself, I'm guessing we're going to be needing booster shots along the way. I think it's going to evolve into something that's less intense. I mean, the flu we get now is a descendant of the 1918 pandemic flu. It just became less virulent over time. It's going to recede to a manageable background event. Another pandemic, I think, is highly, highly likely. The growth in human population has made worldwide pandemics significantly more likely. And I don't think we're going to wait 100 years before we do this again. And then we can't forget there's all of the other disasters that can face us. Earthquakes, of course, are part of our reality, at least if you live in places like the West Coast. Climate change, I think, is going to be something we're going to be worrying about a lot more than the next pandemic over the next couple of decades as we watch the changes accelerate that have already begun. Wow. Given all that and understanding that COVID-19 is going to be in our future for some time, what can we take away from that? I'd like people to go from this feeling empowered to control their own environment. There's all these rules out there. There's people recommending this and that. Put in a little effort to figure out why they're saying these and make your own decisions. I'm looking at this fully vaccinated. I am back going to restaurants, but I'm always going to choose eating outside when I can. I'm trying to reconnect with people and go to live music again. Again, for a while outside, we each have to take our information, make our own decisions because you're in control of your own life. Well, let's leave it at that for now. And until next time, I'm John Bwery with Dr. Lucy Jones and you getting through it. Getting through it is a production of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Visit us online to get past shows and become a sponsor at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Our music is performed by Josh Lee, and this closing music is written by our own Dr. Lucy Jones.